0: Test one, two, we're up and going. Good morning. Good to see you here this morning. We are so, so pleased that you're here this morning. Uh, We don't get to see all of you often, and when we do get to see you, we really enjoy seeing you. If you've uh, never been with us this morning, uh, before, we're glad you're here this morning, and we pray that you would come back and worship with us again. Well, those are some old, powerful hymns that we ought to sing more often than just on Easter Sunday, amen? Powerful hymns, really good hymns. So this morning, it is Resurrection Sunday. And and by the way, if you're visiting with us this morning and you have a small child that just needs to go out for a few minutes to get settled, there's a room back here and there's a room over here. And both of those are available. Just go there as long as you need and come back out and join us. So... As I thought about the resurrection, and and I've really uh, been prayerful about this in the last couple of weeks, that I could preach a resurrection message uh, that would be applicable for for today. How many times can you preach a resurrection uh, message? Well, 30 plus years you can preach it. But I'm preaching something this morning that I've never preached on Resurrection Sunday. And I'm preaching from John, the 11th chapter. If you would turn there, we will read verses 17 through 28. And then I'm going to be preaching from just two verses this morning. So John chapter 11. And so the, the, t- the title of the message this morning is, I'm the resurrection of the life. So I got up this morning and I thought, that's not really the title that I want for the message this morning. So I've been thinking about it since early this morning, about what that uh, message title might be, that we might get it up and, and going. So... I've had a couple of thoughts, and let me share them with you, okay? So we, we know about the resurrection of our Lord and Savior uh, not 1,990 years or so ago. We know about that res- resurrection. It's a historical fact, amen? And then we also know about a resurrection in the future, and we're going to look at that day in which all of those in the grave will be resurrected. Well, I'm telling you, I think, I think a lot of people have what I would call the missing resurrection and the missing life, okay? There's another resurrection and there's another life. And so, or or I've thought about the neglected resurrection and the neglected life. We think about physical life and we think about eternal life. But let me ask you this morning, what about this life that you're in right now? What about today? And we just sang that song about the mess that we're in, the turmoil that we're in, the the uncertainties that we're in. What hope do we have outside of Christ? We have no hope outside of Christ. So I I want you to think about that missing resurrection, that missing life or that neglected resurrection or that neglected life. And I want you to think deeply about what am I to be doing today in this life that God has given me to live. We have a great opportunity, but we'll miss that opportunity unless we live the life that He would have us to live by His power for His glory. John chapter 11 beginning in verse 17. Now, when Jesus came, he found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb four days. You you know the account. Mary and Martha had a brother, Lazarus. Lazarus got sick. Uh, They send word to, to Jesus that your friend Lazarus is sick. But Jesus could have gone and immediately healed him. But he didn't want to do that. He wanted to actually wait and resurrect him from the dead. He did just that. He got to the place that Mary and Martha were at, and that's where we're at now in the reading. Now when Jesus came, He found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb four days. Bethany was near Jerusalem, about two miles off, and many of the Jews had come to Martha and Mary to console them concerning their brother. So when Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went and met Him. But Mary remained seated in the house. Martha said to Jesus, same thing that Mary's going to say to him a few verses later, okay? Same exact words. Martha said to Jesus, "Lord, if you've been here, if you had been here, my brother would not have died." But even now, I know that whatever you ask for from God, God will give you. Verse 23. Jesus said to her, "Your brother will rise again." She knew some She knew some Old Testament prophecy. She knew some Old Testament law. Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection on the last day. Jesus said to her, this is today's message, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? And she said to him, Yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God, who is coming into the world. I pray, O Lord, that this day, at this point in time, that we could take a deep breath, realize where we're at, realize that the Word of God has been opened, it has been read, it's about to be preached, that we could put away all distractions, And make sure that we're not missing a resurrection, we're not missing a life, we're not neglecting a resurrection, we're not neglecting a life that you've given us, a life to live here and now for your honor and glory. I pray, dear Lord, that you do with us what you see fit to do for your honor and glory. Amen. So I'm glad that you're here on Resurrection Sunday morning, 2023. And not only are we here to celebrate the resurrection of Jesus this morning, I want you to know, listen carefully, we are here and Jesus is still in the resurrection business and the life-giving business. If He's not, we are all spiritually doomed. He is still in the resurrection and the life-giving business. He resurrects from the dead and useless. Useless spiritually to a live and purposeful life. He resurrects us to a spiritual and purposeful life. Now, Martha believed in a general resurrection from the dead on the last day. Are you with me, church? She, she looked and she knew that was going to happen. And, and I'm afraid that's all we're looking for. It's just the resurrection on the last day. But there's more to it than that. And Lazarus and his death... And being brought from death to life at that moment in time was a perfect opportunity for the Lord Jesus to instruct Martha about a resurrection other than the resurrection at the last day. And I'm here this morning to try to instruct you on a resurrection and a life that's the here and now, not the future last day resurrection. She did not understand that the raising of the dead was a peculiar work of Christ, not separated from the Father, but as He was ordained by the Father to be the judge of the quick and the dead, the work of the Lord Jesus Christ. And this leads to Christ instructing Martha about the other resurrection. Martha had nothing better to hope for than the resurrection on the last day. And and if we're not careful, that's the only hope we'll have. Are you with me? And that's a great hope. But what are we going to do in the meantime? And I believe the uh, shorter catechism says our purpose is to live for God, to live today for God's glory. We can't do that unless we've been spiritually resurrected and have been given a new life. We don't want to miss that. Martha had no concept of the present benefit of the resurrection in life. And all week, that's what's been boiling up in me and in my mind. People today have no understanding of the benefit of being resurrected spiritually and be given a life to live today. Today. This is not a waiting game. This is a present living for for the glory of God situation. And I would say, I, I do not think the vast majority, majority of church members understand that we have been in this life, been resurrected spiritually to live a life every day for His glory. That's what He's left us here for. For all of us, now think about this, it's really just easier to believe in the future than trying to walk it out here and now. I mean, I think some people just get saved and fold up the tent and say, I'm just waiting for the end. What about the present trials? What about the present opportunities? What about this afternoon? What about tomorrow? It's an opportunity to live a life that would cause somebody else to want Jesus. We don't want to miss that. What do we do? Now, listen, this is silly. What do we do is we wait on death. Or we wait on the last day and the return of Christ. What do we do in the meantime? For, For many Christians, not much. Do we not understand that we've been resurrected spiritually to live in this world, in this body, in this community, in this church for God's glory? Do we understand that? What about living a resurrected and changed life now? For God's glory. This morning we're going to look at the continual work of Christ resurrecting the spiritually dead. That's the hope that we have. And that Christ, once He's resurrected us from the spiritual dead, lives in us that we might live a life that brings Him honor and glory. That's what happens. And the best I know how, I'm I'm going to try to explain that to you this morning. That you can understand it. That you would grasp it. Listen, there's more to this life than waiting for the last day. There's a life to live. There's souls to influence. So I want to quickly just explain the text of these two verses to you. So I'm in verse 25. Jesus said to her, I'm the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. So Christ begins to teach Martha. He says, I am the resurrection. Christ Jesus, I am the resurrection. He tells Martha that. The all-powerful, the all-knowing, and always-present Jesus with us, and He was about to reveal some of His glory to Martha and Mary in the the resurrection of Lazarus. But listen to me. He he today wants to reveal His power and His glory in resurrecting people who are spiritually dead to be spiritually alive, that they might live a life that brings honor and glory to God. He's still doing that today. If If He's not, none of us are saved. None of us are saved unless he's still doing that. Because I'm going to read you some scripture that we are dead in our trespasses and sin. And nobody can make himself alive. Somebody with power like the Lord Jesus Christ gives spiritual life. Nobody else. Christ says, I'm the principal cause of the resurrection. All resurrections. John 5, 28 and 29. This is that day. This was the day that Martha was looking forward to. It says in John 5, 28, Do not marvel at this, for an hour is coming when all are in the tombs will hear His voice and come out. Those who have done good to the resurrection of life and those who have done evil to the resurrection of the judgment. We all know about that day, we talk about that day, we look forward to that day, but what about in the meantime? And I think He's saying that to Martha, what about in the meantime? What about Lazarus now? Oh, I know He'll be resurrected on the last day, but He's bringing her to mind. Well, what about right now? He adds, I'm the resurrection. He adds another little, little statement here. Only three little words in Spanish. Pablo's telling you what those three little words are. And the life. Jesus is not only the resurrection, but after the resurrection, He's the life. If I have a life, it's not mine. Matter of fact, mine wouldn't be very God-glorifying. So think about life. Where did physical life come from? God Almighty. Where did spiritual life come from? God Almighty. Where does eternal life come from? God Almighty. Jesus Christ and the Father, they are life. So here, Jesus is speaking about the cause of life. He here is speaking of physical life. He's speaking of the spiritual life of followers of Jesus. We now, in this body, after we become repenters and believers, we have a spiritual life that's given to us by Almighty God. And He's also here speaking of the eternal life to follow. But we're not there yet. You know, Brother Bob's 89. I'm right behind him. Well, 17 years behind him, but I'm right behind him. But he doesn't know how much longer he's got. We've got, we've got one-year-olds in here. What about their life? What are, their, what are they to do in the meantime? And he says, whoever believes in me, listen to this. Though he die, though the physical body is Brother Bob's physical body, my physical body one of these days, going to die, Yet we live forever. Listen carefully. Though the body is always dying because of sin, yet it will be raised again to live eternally. And, and listen, that resurrected body will be a glorious resurrected body. Won't be like what you're looking at now. The body always dying. Don't you understand? In this life because of sin, after we get to one point, we're always dying. We're moving on. But the spiritual man, that spirit in you, instead of dying, ought to be growing. It ought to be developing. It ought to more and more look like Christ. Listen, it's got to be that way or we wouldn't live for His glory. Spiritual. The physical's dying. Listen, the spiritual, I'm sorry, the physical is dying, but the spiritual is being perfected. Every day it's being perfected. So while the physical body is dying, headed for the grave, by the Spirit of God, we have a God-glorifying life to live. The body is dying, but we have a spiritual life to live. He says, I have the power to raise the spiritually dead today and the physically dead and those buried on the last day. I have the power to, re- to resurrect them, but that's not all the power that I have. Our Savior does more than clear the air. He takes Martha from thinking about the resurrection of her brother back to physical life on the last day to considering the thoughts of spiritual and eternal life. And that's what I want us thinking about today. What about the spiritual life that we are given to live here today? What are we doing with that? What are we to do in the here and now? What are we do to do in this life, in these days that we got left? Y'all, Somebody tell me the, 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 the question out of the Shorter Catechism. What are we to do with every, every day of our life? To live for God's glory, to glorify God and to enjoy Him forever. Verse 26, And everyone who believes, everyone who lives spiritually and then believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? That's the hope that we have. All those spiritually raised from the dead will never spiritually die. The second death will not touch them. We have no fear of that death if we have been born again spiritually. He has proved Himself to be the resurrection. And now He proves Himself to be the life. Physical, spiritual, eternal. Listen, that's the only... God gives life, and we're going to look at that quickly. Here in particular, He's talking about the spiritual life. Though the body shall die because of sin, yet His spirit shall live because of the power of Christ. And in that great day, God shall raise His body to life. We know that day's coming. Romans eight ten 10-11. But if Christ is in you, although the body is dead because of sin, the Spirit is life because of righteousness. If the Spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, listen... He who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through the Spirit who dwells where? In you. Spiritual life is from the Father. So what can we learn from this text? We're going to look at that quickly and I'm going to do a little wrap-up. Jesus said to her, I'm the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? Martha had no hope that Lazarus would live again in her life. But she was about to be in for a great surprise. Amen? So what hope do we have of living spiritually in this life? Listen, you've got to live spiritually in this life to have eternal life. So, what hope do we have of living spiritually in in this life for God's glory? So, I am the resurrection. The strong concordance word is anastasis. Anastasis. Up again. Up again. Literally, stand up or stand again. And the scripture we're going to look at in a minute says that we're dead in our trespasses and sin. We've got to be lifted up from that. We've got to be resurrected. Christ's physical resurrection, and that's what we're celebrating this morning. Look, Christ's physical resurrection from the tomb is the center and the trademark of Christianity. It is the hope of Christianity. It's the foundation of Christianity that the grave is empty. He is risen. He is at the right hand. He is our mediator and He is coming again. If that's not so, we have no hope. But you're here this morning because you've heard of that hope in the resurrection of Christ. And the spiritual resurrection of those dead and their sins, listen carefully, is the hope of eternal life and the present life live for God's glory? Let me say that again. And the spiritual resurrection from the dead, being born again, in their, the spiritual resurrection of those dead in their sins, is the hope of eternal life and the present life live. We have no hope unless Christ Jesus can make those that are spiritually dead alive. We have no hope. So we ought to to try to figure this out. And we're going to look at some scripture in closing in just in a second. In John 3, verses 1 through 8, it says three times in eight verses, you must be born again. So you have died spiritually because of your sin. Three times it says you must be born again. Well, he's the only one that can make you born again, Christ Jesus and this, in turn, guarantees that the present resurrection of all believers to eternal spiritual life and the future bodily resurrection of all. If we have been born again, we have all the hope and the confidence that one day we'll be resurrected to live for Him forever. That's the only hope we have. There's no other way. John six thirty nine through 40 And this is the will of Him who sent me, that I should lose nothing of all that He's given me, but raise it up on the last day. For this is the will of my Father, that everyone who looks on the Son and believes Him should have what? Eternal life. And if that's the case, what will happen on the last day? I will raise Him up. Those who have eternal life, those who have been spiritually born again, will be raised up on the last day. If it didn't happen in the present life that they were made spiritual life, they don't look forward to that resurrection to glory, but to shame. John 6, 40, 6 44, no one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him. And listen to this, and I will raise him up on the last day. Listen, the grave is not the end, the grave is not the end. That body, whether you want it to or not, will come out of the grave, some to eternal glory and some to eternal shame. You've got to be ready for that last resurrection, and the only way to be ready for the last resurrection is to be spiritually born again in this life. Did you know you're here not not just to live for God's glory uh, and to enjoy Him forever, but you're also here, listen young people, to get ready for eternal life. You only have this life to get ready in, and we'll look at that in the Scripture too. So, anastasis, the resurrection, refers to the physical bodily resurrection of Christ and people, both the redeemed and unredeemed on the last day. Resurrection, a bodily resurrection from the dead back to life. That happened in the Old Testament. People were resurrected back to life. It happened in the day of Jesus Christ, amen. People who were dead were... Resurrected back to, It's not happening anymore. They put you in the grave now. They put you in the tomb. There's no resurrection. That bodily resurrection is not happening anymore. Listen carefully. But resurrection from the spiritual dead is still happening. We don't need to focus on the physical, but the spiritual resurrection. Bodily resurrection on the last day? going to happen. How do we know that? From the Scripture, both of the godly and ungodly. Listen, when it comes to things to do with eternity, there's no opting out. It's going to be Christ and eternal life with Him, or the rejection of Christ and eternity and damnation. There's no opting out. I'm the resurrection. So let me ask you have you been born again? Do you know that you're spiritually alive in Christ? Is there any evidence that Christ Jesus, if you are spiritually alive, Christ Jesus lives in you? And I just want to give you a little, uh, really, uh, this is real news. If Christ Jesus lives in you, your, your life is going to change. And you're not big enough to keep it from it. The problem will be if your life is not being changed is he's not in you. He is not too weak to change you. And then, I'm the life. I'm the resurrection and I'm the life. Life, physical and spiritual, all life, plant and animal throughout the universe is derived. It always only comes from in is sustained ...by God's self-existence. All life is from God. All life. The Lord shares His gift of life with people. Aren't we glad? He has given us life. He also wants to give us spiritual life. But we've got to believe in His Son, Jesus Christ. Creating each of us in His image. Which gives all capacity... Because we are made in His image, we have the capacity to see Him, to know Him, to believe in Him, and to be saved. You have the capacity to do that. Universal life, all life, present and future life. God is the author of life. No man and no woman is. God is the author of life, physical life. Let me give you some scripture. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. And before you were born, I consecrated you. I appointed you, speaking of Jeremiah as a prophet to the nations. Psalm 139, 13, For you formed my inward parts, you knitted me together in my mother's womb. Physical life comes from God Almighty. Spiritual life. Now here's where you need to begin to engage and think. Just for a few minutes. We're talking about spiritual life. And the question is, do I have it? Do you have spiritual life within you? John five twenty four through 25. Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever hears my word and believes him sent, who sent me has eternal life. He does not come into judgment, but has passed from dead to life. Verse 25. Truly, truly, I say to you, an hour is coming and is now here when the dead will hear the voice of the Son of God and those who hear will live. Ephesians 2.5, even when we were dead in our trespasses, listen to this, Christ made, no, even when we were dead in our trespasses, God made us alive together with Christ, by grace you've been saved, so here's here's the situation, in this physical life, once you were conceived once you were born into the world until you die, there's an opportunity here, there's a day here in which you, because of your sins, are dead spiritually, you can be made alive. Listen listen carefully. The Scripture clearly says, I'm going to read it in a minute, that we are dead in our trespasses and sin, and we need to be made alive spiritually. You are in that day, you are in that time frame, In order for that to happen, you've got to repent and put all your faith, trust, hope, and confidence in Jesus Christ. We'll look at that a little more closely. So that's spiritual life. How about eternal life? Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life. He does not come into judgment, but has passed from death to life. John 5, 28 and 29. That was for Pablo to get caught up there just a second. Do not marvel at this. For an hour is coming when all who are in the tombs will hear his voice and come out. Those who have done good to the resurrection of life and those who have done evil to the resurrection of judgment. That's the last day. There is an eternity. The question this morning is, are you ready for it? And I wonder if you're not, what would hold you back from today getting ready? So how about abundant life today? How about that? Wouldn't it be great to have an abundant life the rest of the time that you're here? Well, let me just tell you shortly how you can have that. This is is not rocket scientist stuff. It's not by being the most successful professional that ever lived because many of those are miserable. It's not for being the most famous athlete that ever lived, because many of those people are miserable. Let me tell you the abundant life. The abundant life is to get up every day with one goal in mind, to live that day for God's glory. I'm telling you the truth. It's simple. Just get up and say, Today, God, I want to live for your glory. You can add to it, I want to be radically obedient to your commands. I want to live such a life that you get all the glory and other people might see Jesus in me. That is the abundant life. There's not another life. How about the abundant life today? In order to have it, you've got to, make, you've got to be made alive for a purpose. Why did God give you spiritual life if you have spiritual life? Listen to Ephesians 2.5. Even when we were dead in our trespasses, we were made. God made us alive together with Christ. By grace, you have been saved. I want to read that see if uh, mine left out a word. 2.5. But God being rich in mercy because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, what happened? We were made alive together with Christ. By grace you've been saved. Galatians 2.20. Now hang on to this verse. This is important as we finish up. I have been crucified with Christ. And I no longer live. i buried the old man. i buried the old life. Now listen, sometimes I have to do it two or three times a day. Or I should say, I am burying the old man. I'm burying the old life. And I have been raised to live for him. And I don't live. I don't, I don't do this. Christ in me does this. It's an impossibility for a man to live for God's glory. It's only Christ living in us that we can do that. Now hang on. Hang on. This is so important. Our old man is crucified with him. In, in baptism. You know what the symbol is? Not only was Christ put in the tomb and resurrected, but when we go down in the water, we're burying that old life. Now, I can look around the room and, You could be thinking. Man, I haven't buried that old lie. I got a word for you. It's a requirement. You can't have Jesus and have it your own way. The body of sin is to be destroyed. Sin in our lives is to be mortified, put to death. By who? Christ in you. I am crucified with Christ. As, di- as, cro- as Christ died on the cross, I have died to sin. I'm daily killing out sin in my life. Romans 6, 6-8. We know that our old self was crucified with Him in order that the body of sin might be brought to nothing, so that we would no longer be enslaved to sin. For one who has died has been set free from sin. Did you hear that? If we sin now in this life, after we're born again, after we're saved, it's because we choose to, not because we have to, because Christ has put to death that sin in us. We're not not captive to that anymore. It doesn't have control over us. Now, if we died with Christ, we believe that we will also live with Him. It's no longer, Galatians says, it's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives where? In me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God. Have you buried the old man in sin? Dead to sin? We don't have to keep the law anymore? We're living by grace. We're dead to the world. The world no longer has the allure over us that it used to. I don't have to have everything that the world offers anymore. But Christ living in me. Now look, for me or you, and I only have myself to explain to you, when I'm walking this life out, it really looks like me, doesn't it? Well, Well, let me tell you. It, it just kind of looks like a 72-year-old, white-haired... I had a guy ask me the other day, and he's known me forever. He said, when did you get white-headed? So, so it just looks like a 72-year-old, white-headed, old guy is living this life. That's what it looks like. But that's not really, the, that's not really what it is. Are you with me? That's not what's really happening. But really, it's Christ in me doing this. That's what the Scripture says. It's no longer I who lives. It's what not Galatians says. It's not only no longer I who live, but what Christ lives where. And so, who's doing it? I'm just I'm just being used. It's in a great way to be used. Amen. Listen, He's shaping me. He's moving me. He's molding me. He's using me. He's directing me to do what He wants me to do. I have crucified and continue to crucify my natural propensities and inclinations. I'm not the same guy I was. The things I used to want to do, I've got to put to death and I've got to put aside. By His grace and by His Spirit, I have a desire and am able by Him in me to live a God-glorifying life. Listen to me. If I live a life tomorrow to bring God glory, don't give me any credit. You tell people straight up, it's not Brother Bruce. It's Christ in Him you're seeing. Philippians 2.13, I love it. You might want to circle this one. For it is God who works in you both to will and to work for His good pleasure. It's who? Working where? In me. I'm really closing. My prayers every morning. I think this happened in Ecuador in 2013. Uh, Had to walk inside a compound and uh, had this little... uh, it's kind of like the dog in the cage or the lion in the cage. I had this little place. I walked, and I think this is, this is where it really uh, jumped on me. My prayers every morning. Now, listen closely. Now, what I'm, what I'm talking about in closing is this. I've, I've done my best to figure out how it, how it can happen in my life, right? But you're going to have to work that out yourself. You're going to have to be born again spiritually and then you're going to have to figure out how you're going to allow God to live for His glory through Christ in you. And look, it doesn't happen by accident. It's kind of like getting filled with the Spirit. You just don't get up in the morning and all of a sudden you're filled with the Spirit. You've got to put on the Spirit. Put on the full armor of God. So, search me, O God, and know my heart. Y'all with me? Try me and know my thoughts and see if there be any wicked way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. So every morning I ask God to do that. And then I take my sins and I put them over on Christ and guess where he is when I put my sins on him? On the cross. That's what I do with my sins. And then I take self, which wants to rule in my life, and I put self over on the cross where he has been crucified with Christ. And then I say this in my mind. I no longer live. I no longer live. But Christ lives in me. And the life that I'm going to live today, I live by Christ in me. The one who gave himself up and died for me. Now, it's kind of like... It's kind of like the gospel message. It's kind of like, uh, how does a dead man become alive spiritually? How does this work out? Let me ask you, Just you've got Galatians 2.20. I want you to think about it. I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. And the life I live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself up for me. Listen, figure that out. And if I don't have it figured out right, you tell me. Because this is a big deal. If I'm going to live for God's glory, I've got to know how to start. Amen? Living each day for His glory. By His Spirit. In obedience to His Word. Advancing His kingdom. Whatever you've got to do. Whatever you've got to do to get up every day... And have a plan to live that day for God's glory. And it won't happen knowing the last minute that you can get out of bed to get to your place at work. You with me? It won't happen that way. You've got to have a desire to live for God's glory. And then you take this scripture and say, God, how can I live tomorrow for your glory? How can I do it? So what happens to make this possible? Some closing scripture. If this happens, it is a supernatural work of God. You with me? Because you or I don't have it in us. And I'm going to show you the reasoning behind that. Are you with me? Being born again into a different spiritual life is supernatural. Listen to some scripture. Here's who we were, Romans 5, 6, 8, and 10. For while we were still weak, at the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. So we were weak, we were dead in our trespasses and sin. Listen to verse 8. But God shows His love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. What I'm showing you is the first thing that had to happen is that Christ Jesus had to die for sinners. Listen to verse 10. So I was weak or dead. I was a sinner. Listen to the fourth one. For if while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of His Son. First of all, you've got to be reconciled to God. You've got to have your sins forgiven. You've got to have your sins forgiven. You've got to have become a follower of Christ. And that all begins with Christ dying on the cross for your sins. You've got to believe in that. Then look at, uh, don't look, you can look later. John five twenty four through 25. Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life. He is not coming to judgment, but has passed from death to life. Truly, truly, I say to you, an hour is coming and is now here when the dead will hear the voice of the Son of God and those who hear will live. So this morning, you've never repented of your sins. You've never trusted in Christ and His death for your forgiveness. You've never become a follower of Christ. That's the place to start. Repent of your sins. Know that you're a sinner in need of a Savior and look to Jesus Christ as that Savior. That opportunity is here today. Ephesians 2, 1 through 3. Now this is who we were. And you were dead in the trespasses and sins in which you once walked following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that's now at work in the sons of disobedience. Now listen to this startling word. Among whom we all once lived. That's who we all were. We were following the prince of this world. We were dead in our trespasses and sin. We were sinners in need of a savior, every one of us. Now listen to this. Carrying out the desires of the body and the mind, And were by nature children of of wrath like the rest of mankind. But here's the good news: Ephesians 2, 4. But God, being rich in mercy, because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved. And not of yourselves. It's a gift of God. So you know what happened? You were a sinner. You were dead in your trespasses and sin, but by grace and mercy and the favor of the Lord Jesus Christ, He looked down upon you and He gave you a new heart and a new spirit and you became a repentant believer. And if that has never happened, you're not living a spiritually resurrected life now and you can't live the life that He wants you to live for His glory and you can't look forward to the last judgment with any hope. You need Christ. And again, that Galatians 2.20 scripture, I have been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. I don't want to belabor the point, but I can't let this go. Have you crucified the old life? Have you put the old life to death? And have you been resurrected... And does Christ live in you? There's no hope for glory. There's no hope on that last day unless you are a follower of Jesus. I'm begging you to give up this temporary life. I keep thinking about that song when we've been there 10,000 years in amazing grace. It's only begun. Listen, you, you must be born again or you will spend eternity in, in, in the bad place. I've been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. Let me ask you. Just, it's, it's, it's not difficult. Just examine your life the rest of this day and next week. Just go back a few days and think about your life. It won't take you long to figure out where Christ lives in you or not. Listen to me. If Christ doesn't live in you, you're not saved. You have no hope on that last day. No hope. It's Christ that saves. I've been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I live, but Christ lives in me. In the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself up for me. So has this supernatural work happened in your life? Do you know without a doubt that you've been spiritually born again? Do you have a desire for God's Word? Do you have a desire to know how to pray? Do you have a desire to be in God's Word and to read the Scripture? Do you have a a desire to assemble in the the gathering of the saints every day, not just Resurrection Day, but when they they get together on Sunday morning, when they get together on Wednesday night? Do you have a desire for that? Do you have any desire to live each day for God's glory? In radical obedience to His commands making an attempt every day to advance His kingdom through your life. But listen to me, men, are you trying to advance His kingdom through your wife and through your children and through your local church? Do you have a desire and an understanding that we need to advance God's kingdom? If not, there's something wrong with this picture. If this in some way does not define who you are and what you do, listen, I beg you this morning, be saved be saved. 2 Corinthians 13, 5 says, Examine yourself to make sure you're, you're of the faith. Examine yourself to make sure Christ lives in here. He says, Unless you fail the test and Christ doesn't live in here, examine yourself. Living for God's glory in every day is what defines a Christian. You need to come down here this morning and ask Almighty God through His resurrected Son Jesus Christ to make you born again. To give you a new life. To forgive you. To make you a repenter and believer. To make you a follower of Jesus. To make you His people. You might ask Almighty God to become your God. So this morning you have no assurance for the last day other than the devil and and self within you, why wouldn't you do that right now if you've never done it? Why wouldn't you, if there's no evidence that Christ lives in you, why wouldn't you do it today? Bob's going to come and lead us in a song, and I pray that as we sing that song, you might come to the altar, you might come talk to me.